We're good? Clickety clop. Wow, this is an apology to Jen because we're late because we were at a jackpot. At least it's a valid excuse, okay? Yeah, it was totally <laughs> valid. Totally valid and totally worth it. Okay. All right, okay. Yeah, you better be cool. Somebody's calling. Yeah, man. Oh, is this your ringtone? That's hilarious. Hello. Hey. 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 How's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Oh my gosh, sorry, we're so freaking late. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. I understand how all that goes. Yeah, Northern Alberta crew. <laughs> were you uh, yeah. were, were you jackpotting today? No, I actually haven't been able to ride in two weeks now. Uh oh. I had to sell my horses home. You oh. you're injured? Well, I I'm going for surgery tomorrow morning. I tore my ACL and meniscus. Oh, on your knee. Yeah, so I gotta go do that. Oh man, sorry to hear that. Yeah, was it um, barrel racing or what happened? Well, so last year I kind of we were goofing around and we were riding cows. I feel like I've heard about this. <laughs> yeah, I like, and I like how, where this starts anyway. Yeah, it I sounds like, that like a too. good story yeah. at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then somehow I jumped on and I like twisted and I tore five ligaments in my left knee. Ooh. And then I fully ACL on my right knee, and I damaged my meniscus in my right knee. And then I didn't get surgery; I got stem cells. And they were experimenting with my right knee with a fully torn ACL. They knew stem cell could easily heal, like eighty percent tears or stuff like that. And that's what my all my left knee was, all five ligaments in that one. But with my right knee, it was an experiment. And then I um, ended up just rodeoing last year or this whole year. And the doctors were telling me, they were naturopath doctors, and they were saying it would heal. And then when I got here, they said it healed. And then I was just stepping off my horse one day, and it popped. And then I get the MRI. I talked to a surgeon, and the MRI showed that all where that ACL is is actually just mush. And it has been all year. And the naturopath doctor couldn't see that. Like, he thought the mush was the actual ACL, but it wasn't. So, yeah, so I'm just going to get surgery and let it heal. Yeah. So what's the rehab on that? Well, um, it's like eight months. Oh Oh my God. Yeah. Our sister-in-law just, she had one of those and it was like, just like, you know, every so often she'd go get the degrees adjusted on her boot, like getting her knee back to, I don't know if it's the exact same situation, but yeah, it was quite a a particular recovery, I feel like, and physio and Mm -hmm. stuff, but worth it. You want to get her done right yeah like yeah. freaking cole can literally wiggle his shin away from his knee like it's disgusting he tore like his acl pcl oh. like all the l's in his freaking knee whatever they all are <laughs> but yeah you he get like that's his party trick is he shows how his shin can like oh. totally come away from his kneecap it's <laughs> disgusting oh oh man so you're going for yeah. surgery down you're down in the states right now yeah i have my dad lives down here so i have insurance Oh yeah! So, oh, that's get it handy. Done. They get it. They get everything done so much faster. Yeah. So, like, did it hurt? Like, obviously, like it hurt instantly. Like, was it when you were getting on, or did you get did you come off, or? I was just stepping off, and I was actually like, I'm blown away because I've done a lot this year and all year, like leg lifting and everything. Mm-hmm. Really, it didn't was never bothered, which I'm so thankful that it lasted all year and like lasted till both finals. Yeah, and I was just stepping off my horse, and my ankle rolled the tiniest bit when I put weight in my right leg, mm. and then it just popped, and then it Ugh. hurt for a while, and I like held it up there, and I tried to put pressure on it, 
And I was like out in the arena for 45 minutes before I took, called a friend to come help me because I couldn't walk on it at all. And it hurt to move my leg at all. So, but I was like, okay, it's nothing. I'm just going to wait here and see if it, and it didn't get better. So then I got someone to come out. Ugh, that's oh, terrible. So what do you, what does your 2023 you think look like? Or it all depends on like how you heal or. It all depends. My goal would be to really, I want to get stem cell injections. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I was going to ask, like, what did you think of that? Like the whole experimental stem cell thing? Like, did it. It, it was really cool. Like my, um, usually like the doctor told me with, I had 80% tears and five ligaments in my left knee. And the doctor told me that like everyone would tell you surgery. And he said, I do recommend surgery, but if you want, we can experiment with stem cell. And I was like, well, I would try anything so I could rodeo this year and ride this year. Yeah. So I did that. And in two months, everything in that was like half or like 80% tears healed in wow. two months. And I could do everything on it, which was really cool to see. Yeah. I've heard a lot it's about stem same. cell surgery. Kind of next level. Yeah. Stuff. It is. It is. But I also oh. listened to a Dr. Death podcast on it. It's, oh. Yeah. There was a fake stem cell research thing and it was like, it's a me- like a messed up podcast. But a it's true like, story? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a whole season on oh. this one doctor is wild, but <laughs> Nadine and her Sorry. Murder. Nadine has all the murder podcasts. And yeah. then I totally took us back down the stem cell rabbit trail, but we were talking about what 2023 looks like. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, well, I really want to be able to try to push it to five months if I can. Yeah. And I will for sure wait. And if it heals, like I'm going to wait for it to heal fully because I'd rather do it proper than push it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to try to push for five months and then try to rodeo and at least go to some paturity derbies. I don't really have a paturity horse this year that, well, because I hurt myself as well, that is really far enough. I know I could go and enter right now and place well with it. Like I have a few that I think could be good, but nothing that's really ahead right now. So I'm going to just leave those guys and then all my horses that I ran all year, they kind of don't need to be ran and now that I'm out I can for sure give them a really good break and me and my mom have both agreed that we're just going to let them be Mm -hmm. and just have a lot of time off which I'm actually kind of happy about and then yeah so I'm going to try is my goal but it just depends how all the healing process goes well you're so young I'm sure that you'll like bounce back and yeah yeah Yeah. your horses do all the right steps and yeah should be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping for that. So let's hear about the horses that you have in your trailer because you were lighting it up this year and, like, we loved watching you and cheering you on, especially that you're from, like, kind of the same neck of woods. Neck- the North oh, Country. Wow, I can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> neck of woods as us. So, yeah, tell of, us what you got. Of the woods. Of the woods. <laughs> so, yeah, so last year, like, you, that was, like, I mean, at least it was good. You had a successful rodeo run, even though, you know, Very. you had to push it with your knee and stuff, but, like, Obviously didn't hold you back, made the CFR and um, like a lot of different accolades last year. So yeah, like tell us about um, who your main rodeo mounts were last year. And then we probably want to talk about your up and coming too, but maybe we'll start with the... uh, What you already got going. Yeah. Yeah. So my main mount was um, actually, she's a horse that I really adore and it's Z, like same to Ziggy. Mm -hmm. And the... I got her as a, like, coming for charity horse, 
and she never really went out anywhere or anything. And then I got her, and she's actually going to be for my mom. And then mom was like, well, why don't you go to this jackpot? So I wrote her for a while and entered her in a jackpot just to see. And my mom kind of wanted to see what she would do. And at this time in my life, I was full into the reining, and that's all I was focusing on. And then once in a while, I would jump on a barrel horse and run them. But I didn't really know anything about maturity derbies or any events in the barrel racing world. And then um, I got on her, and she actually ended up breaking arena record when I ran her at that jackpot. Wow. So then, like, okay, I really want you to maturity her if she's that talented. And because we traded her for one of our colts. And then afterwards, I just started maturitying her. And after her maturity year, we were like, well, she did so good. And she was just, she's really good with bad ground. And she stays really stood up. Then we tried rodeoing her. And she's a really turny horse. So she's amazing to rodeo on and so fun. And I always trust her. Mm -hmm. But the one thing is she doesn't like mud. She will never turn in the mud. So then my... Well, now six-year-old Trace Day's mare. She was five last year. She kind of got thrown to the wolves and was my mud horse. And um, she handled it really good, but she honestly isn't the best type of horse for a mud horse. Mm-hmm. She has so much pride, she'll turn no matter what. I was going to say, she's um, like, she's freaky fast. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah I'd be so scared. I'd be scared in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> she did scare me for a little bit, actually, when I first started running her, but so much fun to run and um I my goal with her is to start running her at rodeos now that I know she's good in perfs and everything so then I don't have to run my mare Z as much and my goal is to run her more at some bigger rodeos and some actual good ground rodeos so I'm excited about that then I have one mare that is a coming six-year-old as well and her I actually didn't rodeo at all but she was really fun to derby last year and she's just coming six now which one's that she's one? wicked she's her name's canyon's moonlight oh okay oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yes yep yeah her at pinocchio and she ran two twos and i knocked a barrel was my mistake but she's wow. really like wicked fast too but i just haven't really figured her out she's not the style i'm used to but and yeah. that's she's a, a guy's canyon moon right yeah that's uh-huh. cool yeah, I like that pedigree because that's like Mulberry Canyon Moon, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, very cool. Steph just loves. I love. Designs. I love. I love pedigrees. What's the bottom side of her papers? She's a. Uh, the dam's name is a BF Red Light. Oh, okay. So as a designer, red. Cool. Oh, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is gonna go like all over the map. Just like we don't have a. <laughs> we don't have a questionnaire script. We're just kind of going on a whim here, but <laughs> um, just I I picked up on you saying like how you were like a little bit intimidated just like um to run like the mud and whatever so I, and how you had a raining background because like we love your horse chubs and everything we want to talk about him later <laughs> but to make that transition from raining to barrel racing it's a totally different discipline and with barrels you're going like really fast on really high powered horses and like same with raining like when you're doing your your sliding stops and everything like it's it, this you're still like on super high powered horses so how did you a, make that tra- transition, and B, how did you mentally prepare yourself to go from the reigning world to the barrel racing world? You know, I think one thing that actually really helped me mentally prepare is I, like, my first paturity year, my first ever paturity horse was Z, and I actually never knew any of the paturities. Like, when we went to uh, Clarisome for those ones, mm-hmm. I didn't know 
how big they were or how much money was even added or anything like that. Mom just kind of entered me and said, you're running here. Keep riding or like, get ready. Keep doing what and you're doing. Then, like, Thanks, manager. Yeah. <laughs> Early no. And now that I've been in the barrel world for a while, I realized like, holy. And I never was nervous because I didn't really, I was just there to make a run and I was just really focusing on my horse. Mm-hmm. And I found now that I've kind of started to make more of a name for myself. Definitely. I do start to think more about like the outside um, things yeah and like what my image what I show to other people for my training program and everything Mm -hmm. but then I always try to just look back to my first year and realize that I like had the most fun doing it like that and then I stick to it like that and from switching to to barrels I actually think it helped me a lot Mm -hmm. because for raining I would have to run down and Chubbs would kind of take off on me showing him in the rundown (laughs) And so, and I had to run a horse down at full speed and then just trust that they'd slide stop by just saying the word, whoa, yeah, yeah. and put my hand down. So that helped me a lot to be able to trust the horse to turn running them in totally. and kind of just having, they were going to listen or not and just letting them work and do their job and more staying out of their way and just more jockeying and like still guide them, but make sure I don't get in my way when I guide them. Yeah, I feel like with with raining, you have like such a good like like foundation of horsemanship and like how to like be so quiet and like use your feet and like not be riffing on their mouths and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I for sure use my feet a lot riding. Like even notice running barrels, I will. Mm -hmm. I'm not like spurring on the whole time or digging into them, but just to move them over, I'll use more leg than hand and everything. I know I took a couple like I well for a couple months there we were riding with some rainers and they were giving just like giving me some tips and whatnot and I was never more sweaty like I like the amount of leg pressure that I use and like like you said not spurring them but just like that calf pressure and putting it on putting it off and like doing everything like I I think me and Cole got into like our worst fights in like the horse pen with like doing these like raining things because it's so complicated like technical yeah Mm -hmm. super technical but it kicks you in the ass like it's like like my, I could barely walk the next day <laughs> yeah if I don't ride a raining horse for a while and get on one even if I ride my barrel horses for a while I still get a little bit sore legs from it mm-hmm. um so how many years like it's been just a few years then that you've been competitively barrel racing then really and do you still do raining as well so since um 2020 I stopped raining And I kind of, well, I did after 2020, I stopped training. And the year 2020 is when I maturityed my horse Z. And I tried my hardest to do both, which it was very hard. And my mom was there to help me a lot with that. But then with COVID and everything happening, and I was still in school, it was really hard to do all of that. And I was really trying, I got a reigning scholarship to Baylor University. And I was really trying to get into that. So I was also doing 12 courses my grade 12 year. I was taking four at school and then two online each semester. So then afterwards, and then because of the quarantine, when I'd go to the States to raining, to show in the raining, I'd come back and have to quarantine and not go to school for two weeks. So then it was just so hectic. I was like, I need to choose something and stick with it. So I chose the rodeo. So, like, honestly, you were so successful with the reining. Um, How hard was it to kind of be like, hey, I'm picking this and I'm going to step away from reining? Because, yeah, like I said, you were so successful at it. It was so hard and I still miss it a lot. Yeah. But 
just I kind of looked at it because I was getting older and I graduated and I was like, okay, I need to figure out something that I can do for myself. And I could go and try to pursue being a reigning trainer and everything, but there's so much more money that if you do good, which with Chubbs, I did do really good, Mm -hmm. but it's so much of a gamble and there's so much money put into it. And the training is so hard and I'd have to train under a trainer for over six years before I could finish a reigning horse myself. And I could, and I didn't want to use my parents' support for that long. And I knew in barrels, I could do it more myself and I could start my own horses and train my own horses and do all that. And do that more by myself than I could reigning. So yeah. kind of mm-hmm. that was the deciding factor. Yeah. Yeah. You could turn it into people paying you earlier than if you're going to go and learn from somebody for mm-hmm. how many more years. Yeah. Wowza. Yeah. And then like in the barrel world too, I can run however many horses at a jackpot and reigning could only enter three horses at a time. Oh, okay. okay. A little more like mm-hmm. more, more rules, more rules and yeah. a little more like, um, I don't want to say like, like, this is just my outside. I've never been to a reigning show at all, but you know, probably a little more etiquette involved in like the reigning world too. Hey, like just like having yeah. them so clean and beautiful and whatnot. To get to where all those good guys are, you need a whole crew and there's a lot of politics too. Mm-hmm. So you, like a lot of people, they'll get a respected name from themselves under a trainer for quite a while till they go by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And then with barrel racing, your only judge is the clock, really. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you talked, like, just, like, briefly about your mom. Um, we should, like, talk a little bit about her. She's so sweet. I love seeing her at Jackpot. She always, like, has you guys' this cute little dog. And I feel like she always, like, has such nice things to say to everyone. Like, just a complete sweetheart. I even remember when I, like, had cash and she was, like, just such a turd and like your mom was always like it's getting better i'm like it's not but like thanks <laughs> like she's just like such a sweetheart so yeah tell us about like how your mom is like super involved and like you guys are just a great team well my mom is like me and her get along so well and like we will have our disagreements with horses but we rarely ever argue about horses we respect both each other's opinions a lot and when i first started i listened to everything like she said Sometimes I wouldn't, I would have to learn for myself and then I'd be like, oh, okay, I see what you mean now. Mm -hmm. But um, other than that, we've been really good. And she, when I did reigning and didn't want anything to do with barrels, really, she was still really into breeding and really like loved the barrel horses and the pedigree and that. And she had her horses with other people and she like had no problem with that at all, but she liked to be able to see her horses or go out and pet them or jump on him whenever she wanted and she couldn't really do that mm-hmm. and so she loves it that now I jockey her horses for her because then she can see them all the time she could talk to me about things she wants them to look broke and lope around broke because she watched the rainers for so long mm-hmm. and it really helps her or like she helps me so much and she is always so nice to me and I like it too I think we're a great team too because I am her daughter, so I don't feel the pressure like other people do when they ride client horses. Mm-hmm. And so it's so supportive, which I couldn't be more blessed to have the opportunity with her that I do. Yeah, Aww. and you, that's yeah, that's yeah. awesome to see. And yeah, and like you guys can just hash things out without anyone really like worrying about taking offense to like you know tossing in new ideas and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because sometimes when you have somebody else training your horses, you don't really want to be like, oh, well, how about? this yeah 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 so really and then it's nice too because it's two minds collaborating together about what we think about a horse or 
what I should change to help the horse run better or mm-hmm. what I shouldn't do to the horse and stuff. So it does help a lot. Yeah. And just definitely. to have someone to talk to. We talk about horses 24-7 and never stop and are always so excited about it. Yeah. Horse, just as horse crazy as you. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I wish like... my mom was horse crazy. Oh, my goodness. My yeah. mom's like scared of horses and like barrel racing scares her and she can't even hardly come watch because she thinks I'm going to like follow. <laughs> come on, Sandra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you obviously have like a sweet lineup of horses and you and your mom collaborate on on that too a little bit I'm assuming so like how do you guys pick them what do you look for my mom I do not have the best eye for like movement and confirmation and stuff but my mom I don't know how she'll point something out and I don't really like I can't notice a lot of things but she somehow notices the unnoticeable Mm -hmm. and like a lot of horses she's gotten she's gotten for really cheap or she's found good deals somehow I don't even know where she comes up with them or finds them but <laughs> she puts in the work this, yeah <laughs> yeah there are some that she there was quite a few like that Trace mare. she got her right before and the people were so nice about it but she put a down payment on escalating and then it was right before the maturity and then they ran her at that maturity that she won and the people were so nice not to take her away from us or raise the price, the price or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so nice. But um, it was just so cool. She's like, I like this horse. I think it could be something. And then I'm like, well, can we still run it at this maturity? And then they end up winning it. So that was wow. really cool. That's so cool. Yeah, so yeah, she- world of story, take your mom horse shopping with us and everyone buys something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send videos Everybody's to like, Jody. Yeah. <laughs> send me videos of young ones and stuff she's like what do you think about this one and I'm like you trust your gut you are the best at this yeah well clearly like your whole lineup of horses is incredible Mm -hmm. thank you and then so what do you have for your fraternity prospects so I have um one of the horses I bought for myself and I bought him at a sale in Oklahoma last year and he was kind of like a don't matter him at the sale. And I brought him down here and he was doing really good. And I like, um, was liking him a lot, but then kind of hurt myself. And he was behind, but he got really sick. So I gave him almost all summer off just to fatten up again. Mm-hmm. And then my other one I have is a slick by design mare that is cutting bread on the bottom side. And cool. she is like the sweet ever. And I just, I trotted her through the pattern for a while and then I loped her through. And she just knew her job. And riding her around before I put her, I gave her a job. She didn't feel the most athletic or anything. But once she had a job, she was there and she was there to work. So I was really excited about her. But I think that she'll be fine to wait. Or I think that I could sell her and she'd be the type of horse. She makes the same pattern. She doesn't try to do anything bad. So she'd be the type of horse that someone could buy and be an amateur and still good at maturities with her. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I only had those two for this year so it was kind of the perfect year for surgery because I don't have um, my horses that are older can have time off and I didn't have the best lineup for this maturity year. Yeah, the timing was all right. And you were yeah. able to make the Canadian finals last year and get that done at least before you have to go in for mm-hmm. it too. So Yeah, so I'm grateful for that. Yeah. So with your horses this year, so like when you're when you're healing from your surgery, are you going to be sending them to like endurance or coolie? Are you just going to kick them out to like a big pasture? Like what's kind of the plan? We'll probably kick them out for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then if there's any chance I'm close to being able to ride or run before rodeo season's over or before all the fraternity derbies are over, mm-hmm. we'll probably send them to coolie or we 
do have a hot walker at our place that we got. Nice. And I'm like in love with it, but we'll probably put them on that a lot. And my mom will ride them too and get them in shape. Yeah. And then right when I can ride, I'll probably jump on and go enter the next, the closest rodeo I can. And like she, yeah, she rides a lot at home and she wants to start girl racing. Yeah, Again, it's, she should. Oh, that's awesome. I, it's a, yeah, and then when I started to do it, she just, which it was really um, nice of her. She just kind of stepped aside and let me go and do it and just cheered me on the whole time, which is so nice. Oh, nice. But she does yeah. she does barrel race or, or did a bit before? Yeah. Yeah, she did before. And she actually ran Coco um, for a while before, but then I kind of took her on. <laughs> 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 oh, Coco's cool yeah. too. I think everyone kind of knows who Coco is, but she just, you guys are fun to watch. Oh, yeah. yeah Coco's a lot of fun. We actually are going to give her some time off too and retire her for a little bit. I don't know if we're going to bring her back or not yet, but we're going to breed her and just give her some time off for a bit as well now. Oh, I'm so excited for the baby that Casey and Darnette bought from you guys. Yeah, oh, and, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ashley's too, mm-hmm. her young stud. He's so nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's going to be cool. We got one because we had two babies born, so it's a full sister to Ashley Stud. But oh, cool. mom, mom only likes mares. Like, we don't really have any geldings, just mares. Yeah. Only geldings have are ones that I would kind of choose. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she only has mares, so she has a little uh, filly out of Epic Leader and Coco. Cool. And, um I was planning on running that one at the BFA this year, but it depends kind of how everything goes. Yeah, how yeah. you're healing up and stuff. <clears throat> oh, fun. Yeah. yeah, you guys have – I'd love to come shopping at your place or just perusing. <laughs> and then you guys, you bred chubs to some of your running bread mares too, hey? Yeah, I'm really excited about that because, like, I'm not – I can't promise anything of how it's going to work out and stuff, but I'm personally really excited because – I like a horse with a good mind, yes. and that thing that Chubbs blew me away with, especially being a stud and how good his mind was. So I'm really excited about that, and we crossed him with some race mares to put some, like, because you know, big horses are nice, so put some height on them and hopefully some run, and I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah, same. So I just want to backpedal here just a hair. Like, we know who Chubbs is, but if some of our listeners don't know who he is, do you want yeah. to just, like, kind of give him, like, a cool little introduction? Yeah, so Chubbs is, I've got him in 2019, and, well, 2018, but almost 2019, and he was my first ever derby reigning horse, and I bought, we got him sight on scene, and so my trainer went to another trainer's place and they said, Hey, well, we have this horse for sale. He's, and they, um, the trainer just wasn't getting along with him much. And then, um, my trainer tried him out and to see if he would get along with him. And he said, no, I don't like him. I don't like the way he stops. And then the daughter wrote him, my trainer's daughter, and she didn't like him either. So she said no to him. And then he had his other three clients try this horse out because they were all there and they all just didn't really get along with him or didn't actually think that he could um like that he was gonna do anything better than he's already done like they kind of thought he was on the burnout and then so my trainer called my mom and was like hey we have this horse and we just tried him out and he's really chill and good mind and everything if jennifer is considering him and then mom sent me a photo of him 
And when I looked at it, I was, it was during lunch at school. And I remember I've been watching that horse since I started raining since he was. Oh, you knew, you knew who he was for sure. Yeah. I was in love with him and I would just stare at him every time I seen him. So then when I like, I was in awe that it was that horse. And then we said yes. And then I just clicked with him and I never really believed people saying I just clicked with the horse, but he was the horse that I just clicked with right away. And our movements were the same. And then he just would, he took care of me and I just showed him off and we did so good every, like throughout the years in 2019, my first year showing him, we won over a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. And then put his LTE to over $200,000 in earnings. And then, Afterwards, in 2020, he did really good there, and then we just retired him, and now I'm breeding him. Oh, wow. So cool. And literally one of the most gorgeous horses I've ever seen. Like, he is, like, picture perfect. And his mane. Oh, he'd I put, know. He'd probably have the hair genetics, throw some yeah, beautiful mane. Yeah. So, like, how does he feel compared to some of your running bred horses to ride? Mm-hmm. He is actually, for his size, I find him really long-strided. And he was never the smoothest loper to me, like he is, but he's just, he's more of a kind of cutter type moving, moving horse yeah, and not like a really lightheaded, powerful um, barrel horse, Yeah, but riding my horses and then not riding him. And then if I jump on him, I just kind of forget how nice and broke and easy he is. And he's just like, I would say it's like a Cadillac compared to like more... I don't know what other things to compare my barrel horses to, but he's just like a Cadillac. Yeah. And he's so fun and just like never, ever wants to be in trouble. Like even my good barrel horses, sometimes they test me, but him, he never has. If he does one little wrong, I make one correction and then he tries so hard. And yeah, I've never had a problem with him being bad. Oh, that's the trait that you, that's the trait that I want in a horse. Yeah, that's what I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like if you cross him on some of your running red mares, that's going to be freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and the speed, like, he you said he'd take off, like, he'd take off at the gate, excited to run, too. Like, do you feel like he, obviously, like, reining horses go fast. Like, mm-hmm. do you feel any speed difference? You know, when I was um, with him, he did feel like he had a lot of speed. And I guess it was a little different because my barrel horses, when I'm in my, like, fast stretches, I'm kind of up on them. Yeah. And with him, I was back riding with my hips, okay. and I'd have to lean back a lot. So with him, I think he might have felt faster than them, but I think it's of how my sit- seating position was. Mm-hmm. He's kind of carrying you away instead of... Yeah. 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 So what's the, uh, what's the oldest offspring that you have um, of his? That we, like, have bred. Yeah, that you have or, or that you're riding or that ground. you're hoping to ride, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess, um, of, oh, of Chubbs. Yeah, yeah. They is, are, would just be weanlings now. Oh, okay, okay. So nothing so, that this you're riding. Year, second full crop. So, yeah, still a little bit longer to wait. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, exciting things to come. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about your training program. I know, like, when we, like, sent that we're going to be – um, interviewing you to our friend group, everyone's like, ask her about her training. So yeah, like, um, not only are you like, yeah, talented in that department, you're also like quite handy. So do you start your own quilts? Do you guys send them out or like who starts them on the pattern? Like give us all like the details you're like willing to give. <laughs> so for starting horses, I 
since I haven't been in this industry too long, my after my first parodial year when I realized like, hey, this is what I want to do and I really set my mind to it and I was like, this is what I want to pursue in life. Then I was like, hey, I want to really start going on this and start a training program myself because I would have my horses and I would, the horses that I ride now and the ones I did ride, we would get and there was a lot of ones that mom got. She's like, I think we can flip this one and stuff. So I'd get on them and start working with them. And we had a lot of young ones, but my mom is, a businesswoman when it comes to that and she likes to sell and she likes to buy and sell and if she can make a profit she wants to do that with most of them okay. but um, I started training horses young ones just last year because I was hurt still and we didn't know if my ACL was fully healed we for sure got 30 days to 60 days on them I like, then, I like uh, finessing after but the same. first 30 oh yeah it's a little yeah, I'm with you on that <laughs> Yeah, with myself is I've had and like I've ridden a lot of young ones last year and I've had um, some with starts that I really like and other ones where the start just doesn't fit what I like, what buttons I like on my horses. So then I have to redo a lot of things anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's just I kind of think what I would do is I'm still kind of looking for one person that I'd really like in that department or I'll just do it myself. But with my body's history because I got in a razor accident when I was younger and lacerated my liver and everything and I have really bad back from it and with my body's history I really don't want to risk my jockeying doing starting young ones I do really want to start young ones more but um I really like all my horses to be able to do it themselves because the reigning it was your goal was to go into the show pen and make it look like you didn't ask the horse to do one thing they did it all by themselves so I really took that because I love how the rainers go. And I took that and tried my hardest and still doing it to put into barrel work. And so, or just even riding my barrel horses around. I don't want have to, to have to hold any of my barrel horses and hold them back in a regular ride. I want it to be enjoyable to me to have a loose rein and then carry themselves correctly and just have a relaxed head or wherever their headset wants to be. They're bred more running, so they're not as low as a rainer would be, which I'm totally fine with I don't want them really that low Mm -hmm. but just wherever they're relaxed and can carry themselves correctly and relaxed and then when it comes to barrel work I do everything I can to teach my horse to take care of me so as a fraternity horse I will take care of them and then when I find okay this horse seems that I always have to help it on the backside, and I want to teach it so if I lean out on the backside, it'll take care of me like if I somehow get off balance and I lean to the outside pocket when I'm not supposed to, that they'll take care of me and know their job and do their next thing without me even there. How do you instill that? Is it a lot of like, um, kind of repetition at, at slower paces? Yeah, well, I actually don't do a whole lot of barrel work either. I will if I, with young ones, like training and everything, but with my finished horses, I don't like to if I don't need to. If I feel like there's something in my pattern, even if I'm having a good run or a good, good consistent runs if there's something that I could fix to make better and to make myself a little faster I will work on that but the number one thing my reigning trainer told me was whatever you feel do the opposite and I really like that because if I feel my horse is wanting to you know drop too much I'll do the opposite and um I also there's a lot of little little things that I took from the reigning into my barrel work 
And I would also, I have a little sister that's new to barrel racing and I'd kind of just throw her on any of my horses and I'd be like, cruise it through. And I would watch and whatever my horse did wrong for her, because she just kind of sat there and that's what I knew I needed to work on. Oh, and yeah. that's cool. My, yeah. Good idea. Yeah. My goal with all my horses is that anyone can jump on and they're going to be easy. And that's my main goal in training my horses yeah, is I, I want that. anyone to be able to jump on and they can just do it and they're like the Cadillac type thing because I love that. Yeah. And, um, and I want to be able to, I know a lot of people ride two hands, but I want to be able to one hand pinky everything with my horses, which I know when they go to barrel work or time only or anything like that, they know their job and they get hot. So I'm not picky about that then because I don't want to ride them by being picky about everything. But at home, when it's relaxed and it's a relaxed ride and I can feel that they're paying attention to me, I really work on softness. I work on one-handed and like most of my horses that I've had for two years now, like escalating in Z, I can lope them one-handed in a straight line and I can just change leads back and forth if I want. Oh, nice. Cool. And stuff like that. Yeah. To really work on getting every part of their body as broken soft as I can. And then every cue I get as broken soft as I can. So then when it comes to the barrels, my horses should be able to finish a barrel just by my body and be able to soften and round to a barrel with just my body. Yeah. And then I teach them that at home. And then if that doesn't work, then I use my hand. And if that doesn't work, then I use my leg. And I keep all those three cues really sharp. So that if one of them doesn't work when I go to a barrel race, I have more as a backup to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, other stuff that kind of have to go into like a lot of detail, but that's kind of, I guess, the... No, the no, we the, like no, that. No, I like that. And I was going to ask, too, like how the reining, some of the fundamentals, like what stuff you use. So I love that you touched on that, too. Um, and then, so how do you get that feather lightness? Like, what do you think it is? Is it just like being so efficient in your release when they give you the right thing? Or is it, you know, if they don't respond right away, you know, being efficient and getting it back from them? Or um, what's the trick to, to getting that feather lightness all over? I That was actually, I had to play around with that a lot. Because, and I found, I accepted that I can never get a barrel horse as broke and good as a reining horse, Mm -hmm. just because they're bred more hot-blooded and all, like, you know, they're bred way different. They have such a different job and a different mind. Yeah. But, so I found that it's for sure, you can really get into a more of a cutting horse or reining horse. With my barrel horses, I know I can't, and I don't, and it's just mostly pressure and release, and some days they're just for some reason, hotter and everything. And then that day I just work on different things or try to distract their mind from what they're kind of, if, if they're hot, I sometimes I'll just slope 40 circles until they are calm and I won't touch them because if they're hot and I get after them, I'm not progressing in any way. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and then also it for sure is pressure release. And for a long time, I just do, um, I do a lot of trotting warming up as well. I do a bunch of small circles and just moving their body everywhere, kind of like a snake, trotting around. And I find that really helps them pay attention and get soft pretty quick. Yeah. And then after the pressure release, like, and I, in the raining, I learned really, really fast, like, especially the right spot. And then sometimes what I'll do if I want to get them extra soft too, is I'll ask for their head fully and then I'll release halfway. And if they're not pushing after I release halfway, then I know that they're soft and then I'll release fully because a lot of people, the mistake they do is they 
ask for collection and then they just throw it back and they keep doing that. And that's how a horse gets more rudy on a bit because mm-hmm. you're just throwing it back. So now they think, okay, I took my head, now give it back. Yeah. And yeah. I just kind of play around and I never do the same thing when it comes to collection because then they're such smart animals that they anticipate it or they learn the pattern and know the pattern and then they start just doing what they know comes next. Yeah, yeah, and they don't listen to the rider and pay attention as much. Oh, awesome tips! Yeah, that is really good. Um, so, when you are like, say, starting a horse on the pattern, what are some things that you really focus on? Like, do you do a lot of drills, or do you just constantly do like the clover leaf over and over again, or like, what's your style when you're ground up putting a horse on the pattern? I don't really do a lot of drills, and I kind of. For me, I've tried really hard. I want my program to be a little different as in I adapt to what I think my horse's style is. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to force a horse to do one style. If they have a straight style, I'll let them be like that. I still want them to be soft in all my barrel work, but I'll let them have their own style when it comes to running. And at first, I'll trot the pattern for probably a month before I even think about loping it. And I'll just it's just repetition at that point and I'll just uh trot the pattern and make sure that they're soft and listening coming in and that they listen to my neck rein coming out or my body coming out or my leg and I just work on each separate thing at a time and same with coming in with my body my leg and my hands and I'll kind of play around with that as much as I can I will if I think a horse is going to be more of a free runner, I'll stop them at the barrel and push their hip in. And with one that kind of is turny, I will sometimes do that. Not really. And then when I get to loping the pattern, I never do too much wide work. And I just kind of start to feel the horse out of how they're going to be. And if they feel like they're going to be more of a really turny horse, then I will start doing wide work. And if they're going to be more of a free runner, I'll keep doing the same pocket, the same movements everywhere. And just the repetition I find, then once they know their job and they do their job, and then if I run into a little pocket or a hole as in they're wanting to drop in or anything, then I fix that when it comes because I'm showing them the correct way. And if they're not doing it the correct way, it's not that the repetition of how I'm doing it is wrong. It's just they're starting to try to find ways to cheat in easier ways. And I'll show them, no, that's not the easier way. Mm-hmm. This is the easier way, I think. And then... The only drills I would do is I'll barrel set up randomly or even just loping in circles. And when I sit in my barrel position, my horse better I can be one-handed and they'll lope a tight circle. And if I move my body to the outside, they'll expand their circle or shorten their circle according to my body. And um, I just make sure that they're soft every part around the barrel as well. That's awesome. I like keep that. it simple. Yeah, keep it simple. Keep it comfortable for them. Like you said, you adapt your mm-hmm. style for like how they want to move and how they want to turn. We were going to ask that. you about like free runners versus um, like more push style horses, but you, you're well, answering all of our questions she is. before well, we get to them. I love it. I like, <laughs> I love your TikTok. Like I feel like you're always on my like for you page and I think you do, <laughs> <laughs> you do like a great job of like explaining your things and like your, your feed program got like a shit ton of views or something too, right? Like, I remember seeing that. I was like, holy shit. But um, you had one where it was uh, your two horses and you were like, guess which one's more of a free runner and which one's more of a push style so it's oh, really cool yeah yeah you should like see her tiktok her tiktok is really cool but um yeah so i like how you do like when you watch like the like 
both videos it's like you're riding them so nice and quiet and like it's not like you're asking them to like totally change like what they're doing like it's it's awesome like and it's really really cool to like see the difference but like you still ride so perfectly thank you (laughs) yeah I think um it actually for me um was a struggle to transition from running so many horses during one day and it then one being a free runner one being a, I don't know what it's going to choose today or one that's super turny. And I just had to learn how to trust what I feel in the moment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes for myself, if I have a bad habit that I start to create, I will tell myself what to do before I run if it's something that I need to work on myself. But when it comes to the horse, I try my hardest not to get my own head and just go and follow my instinct and follow my feel of what I think I should do. Yeah. And how kind of the horse feels in the moment. Because there's been times where I have a turning horse where I'm like, hey, I'm running in hard and I'm kicking by. And the horse just does exactly that. And it goes by and runs in hard. So I just go with what my gut feels in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, So you said that you don't, like on your horses that are seasoned, you don't really do a whole bunch of barrel work unless you... um, I need to work on something. Um, so what do you do for your rides during the week to prep for a rodeo? Are you just like long trotting and loping or are you doing like different things off the pattern? So yeah, like what's kind of, and like how often I guess do you work them during a re- during the week when you are rodeoing? Sorry, I asked like 20 questions in one question, but no, you're- <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> With Z, she was, I gave her, probably two days off after the weekend of rodeoing Mm -hmm. and she was usually the horse that I'd run at every rodeo so sometimes it'll be three days but for conditioning wise I'll have I I listened to the I I can't remember if you guys or not that did the Brazilian podcast yeah that was yeah yeah and I took a lot of that and I modified it a little bit and but I like conditioning as in keeping my horse broke every way possible and soft in every way like I want them to be soft on my leg my hand my little thing that I do I want them to be soft on and then other than that if they're like that it's kind of hard I just kind of think about things and I'm like I'm going to try this or I'm going to get my horse to do this and then I'll work on that and um I also really like lawn trotting Mm -hmm. a lot and I'll probably do barrel work it depends if my horse did good at the rodeos before or not. If they did good, I'll usually leave the barrel work. And when I get to a rodeo, I might walk or trot or lope through the pattern a few times. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but yeah, if they don't do good, then I'll do barrel work. If they do good, I usually don't. Or if I feel, okay, she ran good, but I think she's going to start to get stiff in, the, in this barrel, then I'll just go through a few times and work on really freeing up her shoulders so that doesn't even cr- turn into a problem. And I'll try to fix everything as I feel them a little bit before it actually turns into a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you can correct a little something that you felt the previous weekend, you just like have a good mind going into mm-hmm. the next weekend to nip it in so the it butt. doesn't become yeah. a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I find also a lot of times I go into the arena before, which I usually don't. I'm not the biggest person on going into the arena before at rodeos. I believe that my horses should be able to handle it, but Sometimes if it's a setup that I'm not used to or my horse isn't, I'll go in. And usually it's just for me and not my horse. Just like mentally be like, okay, and now this is down. Yeah. Unless my horse 
working, then I will. But Okay, I kind of have a dumbass question. <laughs> Before you said that, say like you are at a rodeo and you didn't do barrel work all week, you might just like do like some barrel work like at the rodeo or whatever before you run. So not every rodeo has like a space to warm up or even barrel set up. So do you like, but do you bring <laughs> pop-ups with you? Like, could you like just like bring a pop-ups? And I then, was wondering that too. Do yeah. people do that and kind of get a little practice in the arena? And like not even in the arena, but even just like outside? Yeah, like um, Taylor is usually the one to bring pop-ups and because I'm the type of person where I, you know, I don't usually do much barrel work there, but Taylor usually does, and she always brings pop-ups. Yeah, if you want to do barrel work in the arena, a lot of girls will bring pop-ups, but usually we'll just have in the trailer just in case. And there's been a few, there was a few rodeos where people set up pop-ups to warm up in, or warm up with, but it's usually just one barrel, and Mm -hmm. then everyone kind of does that. But it's not a lot. There's only a few where people did that. So speaking of rodeo season, kind of recap us on on your season, and then we have to dive into uh, the CFR mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> um, the season was really good, especially off the bat. There was like, I, um, what would it be? After the qualifier in a film stably weekend. Oh, yeah. I yeah. went from that weekend until um, after Pinocchio with like no dry spell at all like every rodeo I entered I placed in and made money at least nice and I was it was I was so happy about it and then afterwards from Pinocchio to Tabor rodeo per rodeo right after Leftbridge the weekend after Leftbridge I went through a dry spell and didn't place at a single rodeo and that took a lot of mental gain there Mm -hmm. and uh, it took a lot of just keep looking forward and it did teach me a lot. And um, I did, Z got injected after that, and then she's feeling way better. And then she went back to placing and placing. And it got pretty scary there, too, because after Leftbridge, it was the BC run. And I had to place at those rodeos, or I wasn't going to make CFR. Oh, my God. And then Z made her best run out of the whole year at Langley, which just happened to have 20,000 added. And I was so happy about that. And then I could kind of relax after that. Did you did you win that one? Yeah. Sweet. Cool. That's like Goodness. cool freaking rodeo to win. Yeah, it was fun. Was that BC run? Was it pretty sweet? Is it different vibes over there at the rodeo than, than Alberta? Yeah, it is. I was in Armstrong and Langley in the purse. And then Merritt, I was in the slack. But Armstrong was so cool. And Langley was really cool, too, like, they didn't, those people there don't really see much rodeo or horses, and they were all blown away by it all, so it was pretty cool. And then uh, uh, it was nice, too, because we had a week, we got there pretty early, so then we had time to go boating and swimming and everything, and then we were also in the Chilliwack Paturity Derby the week after. So then we had a lot of relaxing time, so that was kind of our vacation. Yeah, oh, nice place to be to have a little time off, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. So that's a little scary. So you had a hot streak, and then you had like a dry spell, mm-hmm. and at that um, during the dry spell, I guess like that's probably why it was mentally hard too, because you know it wasn't solidified that you were making yes. the finals yet. Yeah, and like for the hot streak, I was in the top five, and then it just kind of kept hurting after the rodeos kept going, and it just kind of went lower and lower and lower. I was like, okay, and I really was like. um I think half of it was mental, but the other half was Z did need to be injected. 
Yeah. Which didn't actually know, and she wasn't showing any signs of soreness. So, and she was just pushing through and kept going. So, I was really grateful that she still kept trying, and she wasn't even doing anything wrong. She just wasn't clocking as much. Mm-hmm. Crazy, as she hey. Yeah, and she, yeah, she was so good. And then I ran escalating, and we would have won a few of them, but she just, she knocked, I knocked on a few of runs, and that was just my fault, because she is such a hard runner, and she turned so hard, and it was my first few times in open arenas with her, and I just didn't trust that she was going to do the same thing she does in indoors, and she did, mm-hmm. so that was my riding error, but so... I'm excited to see what's going to come from her. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's cool. You have such a nice lineup. Um, so I feel like you probably have the same experience as us being up north and driving so much further to rodeos than most people do. Um, and we talked to like some vets and whatnot. And we're like, Steph asked Briggs, she was like, oh, what's like the hardest discipline on the horse? Like when, out of everything you see. And he's like trailers. So how do you keep your horses feeling good in the trailer? Do you have mats? Do you have cloud boots? Or like, yeah, what's your traveling routine? Because I feel like well, me and Shelby were going to Arizona. So whatever you want to share. <laughs> Um, that's really, that is always something I was worried about. And I always felt so bad too, because in the rodeo, it's not like you run and you get time to get them relaxed and everything. It's you run and you pack up and you go to the next one Mm -hmm. and then you try to get there early. So they have enough time possible to relax and chill out before you run there. Mm -hmm. And, um, we tried to be so good with wraps. But then it was hard with the wraps, too, when it was really hot out. I didn't want to wrap the feet. Mm-hmm. So icing their legs a lot and then poultice them a lot. And I really like – I like liniment better than poultice. Me, too. And I would – Just easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd get it and I'd mix it with water. And then I just had a spray bottle. Oh. And so that makes it quick and handy. And then um, a lot of supplements and Beamer and every little type of thing that we could do beamer a lot and then um also i like the magna wave i swear by that i use it on chubs and he would stop 10 feet at longer every time i used it at a show with him no way and i use it on i love it but um so yeah just every little thing we could do we would try to drive nice but usually we are trying to get to the next rodeo <laughs> so it's <laughs> yeah we just try to get there before dark so we could set up pens and then we always made pens for our horses we would sometimes pull up to rodeos at three in the morning we would still put up pens even if they were only in the pens for a few hours mm-hmm. just so they could walk around and move as much as possible yeah 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 because despite where you live, if you're doing the pro rodeo trail, it's that's pretty far. It's end to end of the province a lot. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So fast forward a little bit more and you secured your spot to your first Canadian finals rodeo. Yes. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Like how did you feel going in? What would it, what was it like to be there? And yeah. Um, it was such a cool experience and everything. I was just, in awe about everything. It was so cool. And I felt so special being there. And, um, then running the first two runs I made were really good. And Z is not an indoor horse. And I brought escalating and Coco as backups, but I wanted it because I made it on Z and I really wanted to do good with Z there. 
And then her first two runs, she did good, but she just wasn't firing as much. And she just was coming into heat at the time. And oh, yeah. sometimes she'll come into heat and I won't even notice. And other times it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really sure what was what I was expecting there with that. And then afterwards, I ran Coco one of the nights. And she's the type of horse. She is kind of a princess. And if she likes the arena, she'll run and she'll usually get close to arena record or break an arena record. Or she just won't clock at all. And it's just kind of her choice. So that was kind of a risky move of me to do. But I was thinking that, okay, Coco is the type of horse that's going to go in and be consistent still. And at that time, I had two clean runs. Then I ran Coco, but then ended up knocking on her. And then um, I really wanted to run escalating, and I actually really regret not running her, especially after Regina finals. She was so good there. But then I stuck it out with Z, and I kept running her. And then I only placed in one of the rounds, but I was still really happy about that because Oh, that's it an was, incredible achievement. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It was a challenge with her because she is my outdoor horse. There's, I love her outdoors because she can never see arena before and never be in that arena and turn really hard. She's a very, very turny horse. So it was a challenge, but I was really happy that I stuck it out with her because after the CFR, it actually gave me a lot more grit to really work on even with my horse's downfalls trying to sharpen them as much as I can and everything so I was really excited about that actually yeah that's true is she is she a bigger horse like taller yeah she's pretty big she's a uh well she's 15.3 which for me is oh yeah yeah that's pretty tall that's a good size for sure and so Z she's is she Frenchman fabulous and then dash to fame yeah and the cool thing about that too is she uh her dam is a full sister to Jalen's dam. Oh, cool. Ah. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I didn't know that for a little bit into having her. Yeah. Oh, super cool. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that was your reason for you like um, not running escalating is you kind of just, you made it on Z and you just, you wanted to stick it out on her. Yeah. And it was also escalating was thrown to the wolf so much that year with um, being my mud horse because I wanted to save Z as much as I could because mm-hmm. she was doing so good. And then, so Escalating was kind of my mud horse, and um, there was a lot of muddy rodeos that we ended up going to. And I just felt like, okay, I want to take a step back with her now and start running her in good ground and getting her confidence back again because I think she lost a lot of her confidence that year. Yeah. Which oh, okay. I don't blame her. And then um, – that was my goal, and I felt like, okay, I, that was my goal, and now I'm going to throw her into this. So I wasn't really sure about that. And yeah, I was like, I'm she, just going to stick out on the horse I made it on. Yeah, understandable. Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. She already got dealt a lot of new cards throughout the season. Yeah. So you also made the Maple Leaf um, Circuit Finals as well. I didn't really tune into that one as much. Did you run Z at all there, or did you, did you switch game plans and horses for that one? Yeah, so after CFR... Z got some time off and I was riding escalating and I was like, okay, I, for like trying to think ahead, I was like for next year or for small arenas, I want to see if escalating is going to be my horse. And I was trying to find the, what was going to suit her the most and what she was going to excel in the most when it came to rodeo. Cause she has so much try and in some grounds, Z would probably be my more slippery ground horse and bad ground horse even except for mud, but, mm-hmm. um, and then I was trying to find the thing that Esplanade was going to excel in the most. And I was like, Hey, this is a perfect time to see at the Maple Leaf final. So I just rode escalating there. 
and we ran clean runs all four runs Sweet. and then we placed in two out of the well we won one of the rounds and then we placed in another round and then another round she had like a, the best run she had all um the whole time there but they are she slipped on third that round but she still ended up winning the average there which is really nice so oh, we ended cool. up winning the circuit finals and the circuit average there that's oh, so sweet. awesome yeah yeah i was really happy with her she tried and she did the exact same thing and she listened to every little thing i asked her yeah oh nice is that one it's a littler pattern kind of like the cfr yeah like the fastest time yeah it's about i want to say it's about the same because the fastest time around there was a 13 six. Oh yeah oh yeah pretty yeah. small yeah Okay, so time to brag on yourself a little bit. So you said earlier that you had um, like $100,000 earnings with Chubbs. So like, wow, that's like you're already a $100,000 rider without even adding in the barrel racing. Do you know like what your LTE is? Oh, actually, I don't. I think. Because um, you must have a pretty, think, you know, a pretty good amount of barrel racing earnings mm-hmm. as well. I think it's around 250000 Sweet looked in a really long time but I did really good with Chubbs his second year and then from both years with the barrel racing paturity derbies and everything yeah around there wow incredible and how, how old are you that's like a controversial question but I don't know I don't feel like it is when you're not old <laughs> yeah you're young we're old <laughs> uh 19 years old now 19 yeah Man, at 19, I had $200 in my bank account. If that. <laughs> I think I had to borrow that from my mom. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, hats off to you. Congratulations on such an incredible season. Um, I guess we could touch on your feed program. I know you do have that on your TikTok, but maybe if um, once some of our listeners haven't seen that yet, maybe sharing what you feed to your horses. And if you switch it so, up in your like rodeo season to your off season too, I'm curious about that. Yeah, my off-season rodeo season, I do. Like, when they're on their off-season and just in the pasture, they just, they don't really get grain. They'll get, like, tubs for minerals and everything. But um, other than that, nothing. And then, so my seed program has switched. When I have so many horses and then getting so many, I it became a struggle to make that much grain for that many horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I... But I always stick to, I want probiotic and prebiotic in their feed. Um, mineral, which I usually just do lick tubs for that. Or like on the road, me and Taylor had best pair of lick tubs and we just hung them up in the trailer so they could look at them freely whenever they wanted driving. Yeah. And then um, I use Race Today, uh, Vetline Race Today for leaders. And I don't give escalating Lasix and... I do not like running her on Lasix. If I do or try to, she's inconsistent. Sometimes she'll run in really hard and she won't turn or she'll run in really hard and she turns way too hard and just dies into the barrel when she's on Lasix. So I don't run her on Lasix and I did run Z this year, but I want to, my goal is to stop running all my horses on it. If they need it, I will. But I've had more success with escalating without Lasix than with. I can actually be consistent with her without Lasix. Yeah. And um, so I give escalating especially extra rays today because that really helps with it and just in case for bleeding. And then it's got magnesium and everything, and I love magnesium for them. 
And then also I give electrolytes in their grain. And then also after they run, I'll give them the paste. I'll give half a tube before. Half a tube before I run and half a tube after. And um, that's about the main things that I focus on is that they got their probiotics, magnesium, and the race race today. And then I really like the electrolyte paste. So I know that they're getting a full boost of it. And I give that a lot too. And that does settle my mind for them drinking on the road and like helping replenish them. And I find on it, they're way shinier and they keep the weight on way easier down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you briefly mentioned your travel partner, Taylor. Tell us the importance of a good travel partner and keeping each other's mindsets up, um, especially like you guys both making the CFR and like being there for like all these. Probably like, both had ups and downs. Oh, yeah. So stuff. like how important is it to have someone like that with you? It for sure helps a lot. And um They've been rodeoing for so long. They helped me a lot coming into rodeo because this year was only my second year rodeoing. And I went to probably two high school rodeos before that. And that was all I really did. And I didn't do any amateur rodeo. So it was a big jump for me. And they did help me a lot with learning all the ropes and knowing how to even time when you're going to run and all of that. And um, they're super supportive. And I find that we're both really supportive with each other. We always haul with each other, make sure we can get places safe and just, you know, it's a lot of driving, so it does help a lot. And then um, it's nice, too, because Taylor's the type of person that she really likes to get on early or get ready early. She gets pretty excited for when it comes to that. And I'm the opposite. I'm really laid back that way, and I'm kind of – I'm okay if I have to get on with my finished horses and trot five circles and then run. I find I don't think as much, and I just go when I do what I know how to do. Yeah, And so – but that can be dangerous, so we even each other out really well, which is helpful. <laughs> a happy medium, yeah. usually you guys would arrive. So yeah. do you do you travel in the same rig, or do you go with your mom kind of too? Well, no, we'll travel in the same rig, or we'll both take separate rigs but park beside each other. But you go together. And, yeah, and usually we'll, like, she has a rig that can fit seven horses, but we usually take six, so I take three each, and she'll take three each. Oh, my and gosh. we'll just. Yeah, so we usually have a lot, and then you we'll guys like to work to- on the road. Oh my goodness, I can't imagine yeah. all the all the pens and the feed for freaking <laughs> yeah. horses. I guess three each. Yeah, but. Dang. yeah, we have to squeeze a lot of stuff in there, especially when we're gone for a while. Yeah, and uh, we'll usually do that, so then we can bring young ones and just kind of get them around and looking at everything and running in new arenas, and then also backups. So we'll usually make pens because we can only pack so much so we usually make pens for the horses we're running the next day and then our young ones have to learn how to stand and tie to a trailer all night which I think is good for them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah so it's nice to haul in the same rig with each other for sure we yeah. have made so much so many fun memories that way too are you guys kind of um are you close down there as well too like your guys's um families live near each other and you're kind of hanging and training and riding together in Arizona too yeah, well, we actually um, all stay at the same place and rent at the same place here. Oh, and then our friend owns a house in Arizona, Harley Andalou, and then there is four girls living in her house, including her. And then, fun. yeah, so then we had, before I left my horses, we had, I think it was over 25 horses on the property. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So it was a lot of riding, a lot of fun, for sure. 
Oh, yeah. Arizona sounds like a hoot in the wintertime. All the Albertans, I feel like, are <laughs> down there. Like, there's hardly anyone left here right now. Yeah, it's for sure nice. It's I like it a lot. Oh, okay. Uh, one question that we... I mean, I think you might have kind of answered this one as well, or I, I'm assuming that, you know, your mom's a businesswoman, so maybe that's why. But how do you guys pick, like, which horses to to sell? Um, cause you have so many nice ones and you guys do list some really nice horses. How do you guys, how do you go through that process of picking which ones should be for sale? Well, that's kind of, that's mom's doing a lot. She's usually the one that picks, like even the ones that I don't like win as much on or anything. I still love running them. And I'm like, especially there's a lot of young ones that we have right now that I'm not even riding and I can't ride for a long time. Mm-hmm. And mom's been texting me, calling me. She's like, hey, I think we should sell these ones. I don't see a point in keeping them right now, especially if you're hurt and everything. And I'm like, oh, but I like that one so much. And it does, I think it's going to be so good. Or, you know, it was just coming along so good. And I'm so excited about it. So she for sure is the type that kind of chooses. Yeah. And it's really, she's a very in the moment person. Yeah. So I'll be riding one horse and I'll be, you know, doing my own stuff with it. And then one day she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to advertise this. And then it sold. Or sometimes she'll say, oh, yeah, this person asked and I sold this horse. But <laughs> Surprise! <that's usually> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'm, I'm pretty easygoing when it comes to that. And I don't really care as much. It's what she wants to do, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. Yeah. And it's not like she runs a show or anything, but I, I'm not the type of person that likes to run the show in that type of way. And um, You guys team up uh, well. Yeah, and she does like to keep the mares, like the mares that I've been running and rodeoing on, we're not like planning on selling them because she wants her breeding program and she wants to get embryos and breed those mares and then have the babies and prove them and that's kind of her goal in it. She wants to really get, and she really wants to bring more of the state's bloodlines and competitiveness to Canada and that's kind of biggest goal too and well, you guys are so, doing yeah, we an were- excellent job of that. <laughs> Thank you. And then, yeah, so that was kind of our goal. And then we, um, she usually sells, because I was never really doing the barrel, she usually sells the horses as yearlings or weanlings. And I've been having a hard time, a long time, convincing her to keep the ones that we have right now. Because <laughs> we got a little stud colt that's two out of cocoa and a slick by design. Ooh. And, um she's been off and on about selling him. I don't know how many times that I keep telling her, okay, just one more year. And then he's going to be running and he's going to get ready to run. Like, and I think that once we get the full crop that we've bred from Coco going, and then that one will run. And then the next year will come and it'll just keep going like that. Yeah. Then I think they really like watching it. Um, so we like to get like a funny or embarrassing story. So do you have any good stories from on the road? Um, oh, well, so there's a lot of like kind of little ones. Like I remember the, the, we, me and Taylor pulled up to this one rodeo and, um, we, uh, it was like, it was really dark out and we didn't know where parking was or anything. We just kind of pinned it. And then there's a tail. We're like, are we going to get stuck or is there water down there or not? We couldn't really tell. We're like, Hey, we're just going to go. And we made it through the hill and then we were just on an energy rush and, uh, Taylor's trailer was broken on the top part. What is that called? The hay pod. <laughs> the oh, hay pod yeah. broken. And so Taylor was up there, and I was just, 
I'm, I was, my knees are still hurt, so I'm just standing down there staring at her, and she's struggling at the top. She's trying to hold the hay pot open with her back and pull it, and then it closed on her. <laughs> then she did get it all set up, and it's like it's really early in the morning or late afternoon, I guess I should say, and everyone's sleeping, and she's just throwing panel by panel down, and they're smashing everywhere around the trailers. And then we got that. We had a lot of those times, and then. I want to say one time we were pulling over just on the side of the road to go pee, <laughs> or is that a stop thing? And um, Taylor, we were driving, and Taylor, we're like, come on, let's see your goat time. So she goes and to like, jump out of the truck and start running beside it, and then she just, like, <laughs> she just ate it and started rolling. <laughs> oh, no, just, like, road burn. Yeah. That's so. And then I guess another one would be, um, there's, like, when it was plus 40, I had my trailer... And I was like, oh, the generator doesn't work. I've tried. I've gassed it up. And the guy said in Arizona said he fixed it, but the generator still doesn't work. And I went all year till the last three rodeos with it saying it doesn't work. And it was like plus 40, so hot. And I would sleep in there. We'd sleep in there or really cold. And then I took the left bridge to get it looked at. And there was just a switch by the batteries that I didn't turn on. Oh, my in God. The front part. Oh, no. And it all year, but I didn't know that. Just like, I know our generator just has that like little fuel switch and you just like turn the little thingy and that will not turn it on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> were you sleeping with me and Megan at ABRA finals? Mm-mm. Oh, we were, so we were like at ABRA <laughs> This is so bad. So we were sleeping and like her generator kept shutting off and, and it was like the middle of the night and we're like looking at the ceiling and we were like freaking cold and she's like man go shut off that person go shut off. I thought she said go shut off that person's generator because like there's one person that was beside us and their generator was so loud and I was like that feels kind of wrong but like sure and then so I went <laughs> out and I was walking around trying to shut this person's generator off and then she's like no I meant like switch our generator <laughs> So yeah, I was like gonna pull the plug on this person's generator just because she told me. You don't want to piss Megan off. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> the, uh, I feel like I feel like there's so many more questions I want to ask, but my brain is just not working right now. Yeah, freaking. <laughs> actually, Fairview is. It's been like there's way more barrel races up here than there normally has been. I feel like High Prairie. It was a good and, turnout. Yeah, today. and Fairview and TP have been like putting them on quite mm-hmm. regularly, so it's oh, been good. How do you guys do today? Uh, I think it was fourth in the one D today. I, yeah, I, (laughs) my timing was off. This is my second jackpot since Frick. When was that? Well, high prairie since last year at some time, but yeah, Yeah. I hit barrels both my runs today, so it didn't go well, but my horse was fast at least. Yeah. She was super fast. (laughs) Yeah. I was having like the past, like, I don't even know, like probably like three or four jackpots. Like Corley's still been like doing good and like placing, but I don't know why I had, like, a brain fart that I needed to, like, take him closer into first barrel. And, like, he's been, like, tripping or, like, we've been kind of, like, blowing by our first and, like, not, like, not blowing by, but just, like, not having, like, our snappy first like we usually do. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, like, why am I doing this? Like, he's a bigger horse. Like, he's short-backed, but he's, like, big and stocky. And I was like, okay, yeah, I think I'm just going to give him a little more room today because he tripped again our first run today. So as soon as I did that, it was like our normal runs that we usually have and fast, but I was trying to today. I was trying to switch up my like first approach because like everyone says like go at we do like the Canadian loop or whatever. And like we're all kind of trained to go in, line up with our third and take a wider first. And Mm -hmm. then we did a clinic last weekend and she had me line up a lot 
tighter to first. Yeah. So I was trying to do that today, but I feel like um, my timing was just so. Was it uh, Adina Millar Clinic? Yeah. 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 Okay. I heard that from her too. Yeah. And I agree with it in a lot of ways. I think it just, um, it really depends on your setup too. If it's like a really good setup, then Mm. I like doing that going in close. But if it's a harder setup, then, and rodeo is out, it's good. Like, might need a little more. Just a little bit sometimes. But I do agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, I think the theory behind it is like so, it makes to shave off a little time. Totally makes sense. I just feel like I have to, Happy medium. Yeah, I have, especially because, like, Corley is just so naturally bendy. And the, and the setup comes pretty quick. Yeah, like, Fairview, like, you're mm-hmm. kind of doing half a loop and then up to your first barrel. So maybe something, yeah, maybe, like, something like Pinocchio would be, like, a little bit better because it's a longer run and more time to think about it. Yeah. You yeah. get rolling pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any sponsors? That's what I was going to say. We're thinking on the same wavelength. Yeah. So I really like Usher Brand. They're one of my sponsors for saddles and everything. Ooh, so and that's that's what you ride for your barrel saddles as an usher? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I really like it. Like, it's kind of just what I've had from the beginning. And I now I try to go to any other saddle and I don't really like it. Yeah. I think I'm so used to them and I feel like it keeps me so, like, sucked into, not really sucked in, but put in the saddle nicely and safe there. Yeah. And then also I've never really had a problem with them fitting any of my horses. I do have a wider tree one and then a thinner tree one for my wider and thinner built horses. Yeah. But that I've been really happy with them. Versatile. And then uh Vetline Equine, I really like their race today. I've seen a big difference in that and then also their electrolytes. Any type of electrolyte I can give my horse just to keep them feeling their best and boosted on the road and trying to just do that naturally to avoid any type of problem or complication that they can get being on the road. And um, then there's the medicine medicine shop in Grand Prairie and they make sure I feel my best and they, I'll like kind of, they'll call me up and I'll tell them what, how I'm feeling and they'll just send me whatever I need or like if my knees are hurting and it's all natural stuff too. And they really help with that, that pharmacy. And then Shanna Deerland Equine Dentistry, she does my dentistry work. Okay. And then uh, Shining in Town, which is just my stud's Facebook page. Oh, yep. And I just want to, you know, represent him, of course. Yes, and then also check, check out his page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure check out his page. Hopefully his babies will be getting ridden here soon and then well hopefully it goes by fast and then it'll be posted a lot do they do they have long manes already um i can't really tell i know that it's like it's still um like they're at the age where it's just starting to flip over oh but they're really which is nice yeah cool yeah so hopefully he throws it on the barrel horses because that'll be cool yeah so do you i might like put this somewhere back at the beginning were you done with your sponsors yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you take outside horses then or do you just focus on training um, your own and your mom's for now? Um, well, I was considering taking outside horses, but I wasn't really sure because um, mom always has so many horses for me. And I feel like if I have more horses than the ones I've been riding at home, because when I started riding the young ones, it was 15 a day. And I felt like totally. if I were take any at that time I wouldn't yeah. be able to put a time into them as I'd like to 
Yeah, and then once and, rodeo starts too, I guess it's hard to. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's hard with rodeo season for sure. I feel like I could, but it's uh, it would be a lot for sure. A winter and gig. It'd be the, a good winter gig if you go to Arizona and stuff too. Yeah. Take horses for people. And I, um, my little sister that started, I think that I would prefer doing lessons over outside horses just oh, for now okay. because yep. I really enjoy helping people and I find that I like to explain a lot and I can see a lot from people riding because my trainer used to yell at every little thing I did wrong in riding. Yeah. So I really enjoy it and I give my little sister lessons all the time and I enjoy it a lot. Cool. Well, when you're back up north, we'll have to come for a lesson. <laughs> that'll be fun. We actually should. I'd be totally down. Yeah. I love too. getting yelled come. at. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> come visit. Check out your nice horses. Did you guys move from like the GP area? Yeah. Right after CFR, I had a week to pack all my stuff and then we went to, um, we're living in the Rimby area now. Oh, I love I love the Rimby like arena. We went to like a jackpot and open rodeo there in November, and it was just fun fun vibes in the Rimby arena. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really like that area. arena. It's so close compared to Grand Prairie. Oh God! For the rodeos, yeah, yeah, like Thorsby, Rimby, Pinoka. If you want to go down to Olds, it's just all right there. It sounds like you're on like the prices right when you're like, you get a new car, you get this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. And indoor on every freaking block. I know. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Cool. Okay, well, yeah, I guess you do have a big day tomorrow. Is your surgery bright and early? Mm, yeah, it's at 8 o'clock tomorrow. Oh, yes. We're about an hour from do you have to go the to building. Phoenix? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Hope everything goes smooth and you have a quick recovery. And yes, we'll be watching for you when you get back. Thank Bye. you very much. Mm-hmm. We'll chat. We'll chat soon. And and hey, if you're a podcast listener, can you take us out of this podcast? Get rich, ride, try, and woo. <laughs>